Hey, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. If you hear Fuzz in the background eating his bone, he's laying down here eating his bone, so you might catch that through your radio. Um, keeps him happy. I had a big um, tomahawk steak around Father's Day. They had a special on him. So first time I ever made a tomahawk steak, and I gave it a try, came out picture perfect. But it had that big, long bone on it, and um. I gave it to the fuzz, and he's still kind of gnawing on it since Father's Day time. So it was good. I'll tell you what. I Googled it, how to cook the best tomahawk steak, followed the video. Money! I want to talk about another thing, too. Kind of like alien invasion stuff going on here real quick. I watched a movie last night, uh, the uh, A Quiet Place or whatever. Got all kinds of rave reviews, mainly because the guy who starred in it wrote and directed it. So I get giving the guy props for for the you know, really well done, you know, the whole thing. But man, I got a problem with the plot. And I almost never have a problem with the plot in a sci-fi flick. Like, I'm fine with, you know, chicks getting thrown out of the airplane in Japan and then fighting Godzilla and stuff. I got no drama with any of that plot. But in a quiet place, it was a little strange because why did it take like this guy in, in on his farm and then his daughter who needed a hearing aid, she was deaf and that's why they knew sign language, I'm guessing. I'm filling in the holes they didn't do. But um, to figure out that like sound would screw with a creature that hunts by sound. I mean, come on. Japanese whalers figured it out and attacked those sea shepherd people with those, you know, LIDAR sound things they got going on and, you know, make all kinds of noise. If these things walk by electrical devices and the devices have interference and they figured out that if you're at the waterfall, the white noise of the waterfall will block you, how do they have all these newspaper articles that these things are indestructible? She killed it with a shotgun, you know, and they couldn't figure out that using sound against them would work. I mean, hello, make white noise generators out there, have different at different random points make the things run around in circles and have like alarms go off that you know alarm go off way over here alarm keeps them away right why aren't you making all these devices we have distractions so you can win that's what i want to know i mean it seems simple to me but anyway you got frank from sniper's hide here been on there talking everybody thanks for posting about the podcast and stuff guys digging the rants and digging some of the information going on Still mega discussion happening with the BC truing. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to call this kind of episode, you know, pre-Gunworks match. Not that I really did enough that I needed to. Uh, it was it was a strange day yesterday at the range. So getting ready for this Gunworks match, I brought both Tikas with me. The one in seven and the gain twist, the left-hand gain twist. Mounted new scopes, the whole thing. Uh, the one in seven's got a night force attacker, five to twenty-five. The other one's got the seven to thirty-five. I swapped out that vortex that gave me a little bit of issue up in Colville. So I checked my Kestrel. My Kestrel still has all the good data in it. It was the Garmin I corrupted it with, so I redid the stuff in the Garmin. But man, running into it, it's so dang hot here, hundred degrees, and out in the sun. And I ended up popping a primer around noon, right? I was doing some online training videos, doing some demos, and I kept, man, I just kept messing them up. I had to do them like three, four times and probably ran the rifle a little little more than I wanted to and popped uh, two primers with the 136 grain McCourt load because it was meant for the, the short-barreled, um, the one in seven, and I'm running it in 
the uh, gain twist because I'm, I'm when I was looking at the drift at distance, the way the wind was, I was looking at that drift and my wind comes from the left. So with that one and seven, it was it was more wind, you know, because you're getting that little bit of spin in there and that extra twist. And out at, a, you know, like 1,400 yards, it needed all, not quite half a mil, maybe 0.3 more wind, which probably would have translated into the spin drift from overspinning it. But then going to the left-hand gain twist, it was down really light. I hardly used any wind, you know, it worked out well. So I kind of stuck with that. And then a couple times doing this load, a bunch of shots on video at 1,400 yards, and I'm going five for five with it, you know, first round hits the whole thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just take this one. The other thing is I did a quick little piece of video. I have to edit and I'm just running out of time. It's like, ah, you know, what are you going to do? So, um, I, I, the, the, the prime and the 136 load. And I mentioned this before zero in the same spot. I, I mean, I, I kind of put my finger to clean up the hole, but it's one hole. You look at it, it's one hole when you guys see what I put up here on this. In 10 shots, five of each, it's one hole. So, beauty. I mean, this is the benefit of a gain twist barrel. It do, It's not picky when it comes to bullet weights. 130, 136, hand load, factory doesn't matter and so it trends out but then because of bc because of weight because of things like that velocity's tracking the same but now we got a bullet weight issue so different bcs and stuff so they'll start to deviate around 800 yards and and i kind of wish i had more time this week to track it well when i popped the primer i zapped my ejector broke it you know i'm like oh man the ejector's not working so i i packed up because this is the rifle I want to take. And before I did, I pulled the bolt out of the 7 twist, put it into the other one, and they work. So I swapped bolts in my Tikas, and they work, no problem. So that was kind of my backup. But it really kind of threw me, it, it, it shortened my session to uh, prep for gun, you know, gun works and everything. And it didn't matter. My, like I said, my shoulders nuked, it hurts. Didn't feel good shooting yesterday as much as I did. Uh, doing both rifles because I trend both rifles to make sure I had it. And mainly with the 136 load, I really didn't shoot any prime out of them. I just shot the 136. I only shot a couple rounds of prime to make sure that uh, where my zeros were for each one. And sure enough, the one and seven doesn't zero in the same spot. They're about a half inch apart. The gain twist, which is a, a eight and a half to seven seven, same spot little more velocity, a little longer, 22-inch barrel versus 20-inch barrel. Then the other thing I noticed, and it freaked me out, both are in a Kdex chassis because they're Tikas, but the green Kdex chassis doesn't have the option to mount the little tiny pick rail right in front of the magwell where my other one does. Well, that's like perfect for the really right stuff anvil because the anvil takes a pick rail. So the only pick rail I have, and the way that handguard is, I can't bring it back all the way. The, the screws are kind of like about an inch and a half forward of that balance point. So I was like, eh, well, I'm going to bring it anyway and just see because there. I think there's an open range day Friday, which I'll be there Thursday tomorrow night. So Friday I'll go to the range and check it out. Um, I'm going to see which one and check the prime and everything while I'm there. And so, but when I broke that uh, ejector, 
I and I had a I had a couple mag fail not mag failures but they kind of popped up and double fed like my feed lips on this one set of mag was open just a little bit and in the videos I did for the online training I had several double feeds and I kept them in the video because it was a cheek weld and I maintained and the whole thing but I ended up going a mile high uh, straight from the range in. Logan and I worked on, I want to give props to Logan. Logan's a rock star. Um, he just, he kicks much ass there and he helped me and to get this ejector out was like torture. It took us a while. Um, you know, the mile high guys are good and luckily most people were on vacation. It was, it wasn't too busy later in the afternoon. Uh, saw some guys, Darren from the, uh, uh, Alaska class, one of the guys who took our Alaska class in June showed up and bought a tricked out uh, AXMC 300 normal barrel was like I was in the parking lot bringing the rifle to go run the bolt and do some stuff he's like hey Frank Darren hey how you doing I'm like Darren hey what's going on so busy from the front but not as busy in the back because most of the Smiths uh, it was just Adam and Logan there so Logan helped me out and what had happened was at the bottom of the plunger a, it caught a burr like when it jammed back into the spring, it caught the burr. We reshaped the spring a little bit. We got that. But man, it took us a while to kind of clean that up and fix it. But we did, and Logan helped me. Then the roll pin is this metric size that they didn't have. And so we had to kind of play with the dang roll pin to retain it. But, um, you know, like I said, thanks, thanks to the fact that Logan was there and really helped out and those guys, we got it done. But it it cut short my day. But what I did is I got I got good dope out to 800, 900. Then the cows had bent over my 1,000, and I got it straightened out a little bit. They knocked over my 1125, so the 1400 was good. So I went to 1400, and I got some good data there. Funny thing is trying to get that 14 to match up with the AB stuff, it's off by quite a bit. It's right everything else, but off out at the longer distance. Now, my 8 was off, 9 was off, 14 was off. With the basic out-of-the-box data. Now, true in the BC, here's what I did. The, the rifle said it needed 4.9 or so to hit my bar, okay, my true in bar. And the computer's giving me 5.2. So I increased the BC, and let me see what the with the box here for the, the, um, the, they're pretty close, the 136 and the 130. It's like 287 or something, 289. I think I uh, talked to you guys about this before. Let me see. Hang on. I can't see for shit. I'm getting blind, guys. I can't see for nothing. Um, 289. So what I ended up doing was was going up to um, like 295 for the prime. But the 136 CNR, I ended up going to point, uh, G7 now, 0.305. Because I'm using the AB stuff, I put in the G7. I could do it with G1, and I may try a track with G1 and just see, because I'll have time to not, tomorrow night and the ride and the whole thing. I may play with the G1 and see if it trends better at that 1400, because I'm still about two tenths off, but it's hard to say because the temp in my house only reads 67. The temp, the live temp on the line was uh, from 99 to like 104 is what the Kestrel was reading when I was doing this. So that might account for that two-tenths that I'm short now, but originally it's telling me 12.8. I need a 12 even with a 22-inch barrel mills now, 12 even mills to hit good solid hits just below the line. I probably can come up one-tenth, 
to 12-1, but let, let, it, the, I finally got it to 12-2, so I'm I'm calling that good. And, um, you know, that could be a temp issue. But, man, I, I had to play with it. It's a trial and error for the BC because guys are on Sniper's Hide. They're in the Everyday Sniper podcast section, and they're asking me about this truing. We have one guy had to move his BC down, another guy's, you know, not quite understanding how this, and it's like the wind stuff. And I got a good story for you guys on the wind that Mike told me. Maybe talking a little bit out of school, but I don't care. But, um, you know, it, it's unfiltered time. And so I got it to match up really well. But the nice thing about tweaking the BC, my 3, 4, 5, and 6 don't really change. So, like, I need 1.5 at 400. Even tweaking it to line up 1,400 with the BC, your 1.5 doesn't real cha- really change. It's too short, and I'm going too fast. 2850, about 2888 with the prime. And it's not enough time for the BC to make that huge a difference when I'm making small tweaks. Where you see it is out beyond 800. And now understand all the dope from 800 forward to, you know, 9, 1,000, 11, 12, 13 starts off about 0.3 off, just like the 8 was. And they'll trend off that way. So I have to bring them all that 0.3 in the line. That's what the BC does by truing it. So your farther distance gets fixed with the BC. Your shorter distance gets fixed with your muzzle velocity a little more. And then there's a tiny little balance in there. You know, my thought, understand that there's no rule of thumb other than if if I need 4.9 to hit and the computer tells me 5.2, I'm going to increase my BC. If I need 5-2 to hit in the computer, you know, and it says 4-9, I'm going to decrease that kind of stuff, you know, so you're, you're playing it that way. That's the only rule of thumb I can tell you. How much? Eh, you know, going to point uh, three zero zero helped a little. Going to point three zero five finished, the, you know, brought me to the finish line. And, and it's just me kind of guessing and bouncing up and down that little bit. But this also helps with the wind because then I went in and played with the wind a little bit. I needed about a one and three quarter on average to get the wind. And the computer, uh, you know, by tweaking that, I adjusted my wind speed. It was about eight miles an hour at me. It ran about 10 to give me that same number, about nine right in there. And I just tweaked the wind speed just a little bit from kind of balancing my position wind speed to the actual on target, what I needed to hit. And by tweaking it just that little bit and getting it to line up will help me a little bit more. Now, it's one of those things you're going to kind of have to play with on the fly if it doesn't match up right off the bat. But again, it's believe the bullet. Whatever whatever it needs for the wind, you could be missing an angle up a little bit. There could be something uh, terrain-wise playing with the speed, the velocity. It's not consistent. We, you know, I'm going six to ten, six to eight, you know, eight to ten. It's bouncing, so it's not consistent. But the minimum at the at the range that day, and if you watch the video and listen to it, you can hear it. You could see it. It's in the online training right now, the one that I did. I'm going to do another one with some of these hits on target that I'll put up. But you can hear the wind clear as day. And you can see the pages and my notes blowing at the ground. So there's definitely wind there. So failing to call it 100% across 1,400 yards 
is a given. I'm not doping the wind 100% from 100 to 1,400 yards. I'm reading it at me. I'm seeing what the actual is. I'm getting a good guess first round. And I actually nailed it um, in the video. But it did move. It went from three-quarter to two, three-quarter to two. So it was bouncing. Clearly, there's gusts and lulls, right? We get that. And Mike has talked to you about lining this up and with your basic wind. And it's funny. He got a military a guy from overseas called him. And asked them, you know, called them because I give out Mile High's phone number every podcast. Fuzz shaking again. So I give out the phone number. Guy gives him a call. Says, okay, Mike, talk to me about this wind. Mike says, got four off in front of you. Got this in front of you. He says, yeah, I do. Do this, do that, do this. Mike's giving class over the telephone to, to a soldier overseas, right? All right, man, all good. Got it. And he's like, you're shitting me. This easy? This is all you got to do? And and he kind of explained, and I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to. I, I can. I could start a big deal on this, and I'm not really. But let's just say there's somebody else out there that charges a metric ton of money who, who, who likes to throw a lot of numbers at people because, let's face it, numbers make us sound smart. The more numbers I give you, the smarter I sound. But that's not the case, man. There is no voodoo. There is no, you know, there is no, either, there, there is teaching wrong, you know what I mean? And then there's overdoing it and hoping you land on something, but it's not that hard, guys. It's it's really, if you go in the sniper's hide, there's some guys who have this exact method fine-tuned, who spell it out in the Everyday Sniper podcast section. Just look up the win ones. There's there's some multi-page ones where, where uh, skook them, man, and that's an Alaska thing. They're all saying, oh, it's skook them, it's skook them. I guess that means it's good. Uh, so I've heard Skookum up in Alaska a whole bunch, and this is the guy's handle on Sniper's Hide who does this win the exact same way. But he sort of fine-tunes it to a little bit more precise. And you could read that. He posts all his examples and what's going on. It's easy. If you got somebody giving you, you know, 25 slides trying to explain this and throwing number after number at you, they're just trying to make themselves sound important, man. It's not. It's been around forever. It's how we used to do a lot of it in the old days and figure we're just refining it. We're, we're looking at it because we have Excel data in front of us. We can see it visualized by putting this information into Excel. You go on there. I have a complete wind chart, hard copy chart, all done up. You could see it. It's, it's right in front of you. And all you do is slide that one number over. Well, part of it with software is the BC. The BC is telling this software how to manage the wind. So if you don't fine-tune the BC for you in your rifle system and for what you're doing, your wind's never going to be quite right, okay? You got to make sure you get the angles in right. You got to make sure, you know, that cosine of the degree and do the capture and do all that to really get it as close as physically possible, you have to go through the steps, you know, but we're kind of shortcutting that by using this one, two, three, four, five method, you know, 0.5 BC, five mile an hour wind, 100, one, two, three, four, five. And then what Mike explains is, okay, change the wind to 10 miles an hour, go to 600 yards. Does it now say 1.2? Well, yes, it does say 1.2. Well, there you go. You got your software tuned to the wind. You're good to go. That's going to get you really, really, really close without struggling. Okay. I mean, 
There is no voodoo. The end of the day, yeah, believe the bullet. And trust me, that other guy didn't come up with it. It was brought up down at Rifles Only. Jacob, myself, and, and it just carried over. But that's that has the final word on things. So then when you get that good solid hit, when you kind of have a baseline with the wind at your position, you can then tweak the software on the fly using that second wind zone and get it to match up. And that should help you as long as the wind doesn't have drastic changes, either in direction, velocity, or whatever. But if you do, if the velocity stays the same, but you're changing angle, it'll it'll trend, it'll keep with you. But it's it, like I said, if, if Mike can explain this over the phone, you don't need somebody to go through with these number after number after number because it's it's unnecessary. You know, it's why in our classes we don't teach one inch at 100, two inches at 200, three inches at 300 because it really doesn't matter. You use the angle to your advantage, right, guys? You use that angle to your advantage. So I went in. I got all my data. I got some of my basic info. I got everything together. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some fine-tuning when I get up to Cody only because I ran out of time. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, I mounted the scope. I checked it all out. Uh, I didn't pull my suppressor to grab any new numbers, but there looks like to be a little bit of muzzle velocity increase. Barrel is new. Bartland barrel. I'm about five, 600 rounds, maybe a little more. 600 rounds if you count the match. And it looks like there's a tick of a velocity increase, maybe about 25 feet per second. But I trend, I tracked it with what I doped on the line. And the big one was trying to line it up with that 14100. You know, but I know eight's on. I know everything inside eight is McMoney for both the, the prime and the 136 load. Like I said, I'm a little nervous now blowing that primer to shoot those 136s out of this particular rifle, I may actually at dinner here or go down and clean it up. I don't know. I may. I haven't cleaned it since I've done it, so I may clean it up just to make sure I don't have a carbon ring, something creating pressure. There's a little bit dirty in there, um, you know, popping stuff. So, and with suppressors, I, I, I may, I may just bore snake it. To be quite honest with you, I may pull it through a couple times and just bore snake. We'll, we'll see how I feel um, in an hour or so. Uh, when I go out there, usually I clean my stuff at the grill. I, I'm going to make something on the grill. I go stick it in, um, the vice or whatever, and, you know, tape it down, put a little whatever through, wipe out something and just punch it out. So I may just punch this guy out really fast, not spend too much time and wipe it down. And, and again, mainly because I pop primers, uh, you know, what are you going to do? hundred degrees. I, I, I didn't dope any or do any of this when it was a hundred. I did it when it was like 65, so now that we're over 100, the stuff sat out for four hours while I was doing other things. I didn't cover it. I covered the, covered the rifle. I didn't cover my ammo that well, and it got hot. So, uh, you know, that that's what happens. But again, it wasn't really, it was designed to be hot for the 20-inch barrel, but then running it in the 22, it might be just a tick too hot. But I have the prime fallback. I'm gonna, I can go to prime, and I'm not, I'm not really that concerned to go up to this match where I wouldn't shoot the prime prime. I shot prime at Colville. I'll shoot prime here. Um, I think I got like a case left of 260. So I'm going to be on the edge. I'm, I need to reorder some 260. I'm, I'm on the edge just a little bit low uh, running out of 260 ammo. Yeah, plenty of 308, plenty of 65 Creed. Um, even got some good 22 came in for the, for the voodoo stuff, but no 260. I'm shooting a ton of it. So it's just one of those. But the Garmin's ready to get finalized dope. I got the two tracks started. 
and I believe the one is tuned up pretty well. The Kestrel, I think, is good, and I'm going to take the Vectronics to double up. I talked to Vectronics today. Um, they're really happy what's going on. You know, they understand what's, they asked me if I had any issues other than that minus 65, if I'm having trouble ranging. No, here's the thing. People are bitching. Okay. You got to get educated guys on what affects a laser. Apparently some guy was trying to handheld the new Terrapin X at like 3000 yards and was complaining because he wasn't hitting a target hand-holding it at 2,000, or 3,000. The spec on the Terrapin X, this is the you-will-get-a-range-every-time spec. 2,000 meter on a 2-meter plate. That is the advertised spec. I will tell you with my experience, my average uh, every-time range is about 2,600 yards. That's on a tripod in, you know, Bright sunlight screws with a laser. Overcast is better. Darkness is the best, but you can't see anything. You know what I mean? But bright, bright summer sunlight degrades the ability for the laser to work a bit. Got it? So if you want it to work better, put it on a tripod. Now, this may seem like common sense, but when I'm talking to him today, that was the phone call that they got where... Your product doesn't work. I want my money back because I couldn't get a house hand-holding it at 3,000 yards. Okay, well, like I said, it's not advertised for that, number one. And, um, you know, at least that's not the spec on paper. Can you get stuff at 3,000? Have we got stuff at 3,000? Absolutely. We have no problem on a tripod. Okay. Least it's like your camera, man. It's like grandma cutting your head off. Or, you know, if you push a camera, a little little point and shoot and digital zoom it and all this stuff, when you push the button, you will see movement. It's trigger control. If you're a big meaty friggin' blah, and push the button, you're gonna move off target when you try to handhold it. Got a little tiny reticle in there. It's got a little tiny beam divergence. The smaller the beam divergence, the harder to hold it steady on target it is. Okay, double-edged sword. And um, guys are talking about animals on Sniper's Hide. There's a big Vectronics, Terrapin X section. Guys are talking about getting animals to a mile, uh, getting all kinds of stuff. So there's non-reflective target information on the hide. They're talking about it. They're testing it. And, and, you know, again, just know your equipment. No limitations to any of these devices because there are limitations. There, there, there's best practices that we need to work on, that we need to understand best practices. I'm going to have it up at uh, Gunworks. I'm going to play with it and use it up there. I'm going to verify some of the ranges. I said, depending on how the match goes and, and what's going on, um, you know, I may try to keep some better notes and try to use this as a, um, a learning experience, an admin, something I can bring to you. I got to diary it because my brain is broke. Just this travel, this movement. I'm trying to do 10 things at once. It's getting a little overwhelming. You know, I got like four companies buying banner ads this week. I got to do this. I'm shooting video and online training. I got to do that. Getting ready for a Gunworks match. I got to do that. I break a piece. I got to go to mile high. Got to fix that. You know, redo my, my car was, you know, was swapped over. I had to do some stuff for that. Computers. Ah, life. Man, what's going on? Then the reviews. 
I apologize profusely for the people who have product with me that I haven't finished your review. I know I'm late. I get it. It just overwhelmed, took too much, all part of this. I got uh, the bipod extension to work on from uh, Accuracy Solutions. Um, it, it, it's 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 the uh, the tack model of the bipod EXT. I got that here. Then I'm going to put on the Kraken. I got the Kraken here from Kdex that I have to work with. I you know I have the um, the other Hardy barrel in the in the rifle they built the the Tika the setup that that's here. I got to work with. I got to finish my Kelby review. So I got Steve Dameron. I got bullets. I got to shoot with him. Six five Creed or six five bullets that are solids from a uh, little less cost, but you know his require a, a, a tuned up barrel because they they got a little brass content. I got his to do. I got the sight mark scope to do. I'm I'm actually not taking anything new in to review because I'm behind. I know I'm behind. After I get back from Gunworks, I, I, I you know I got Guardian in the class for mile high, so I have the whole month of August that I could be on the range. The weather's good, just hot, and and you know that brings its own little things. Not to get nuked in a hundred degree you know mile high sun where there's UV dangers every day, and they're saying stay out of the sun, you'll get nuked. It's like yeah, you do, you know, and this creates a whole nother thing. But um, no, I was really happy with that left hand gain twist, man. Uh, I'm the more I shoot them, the more impressed I am. And I did talk to Logan um, while we were working on this. I'm going to go with Logan and I'm going to spec out a heavier barrel contour. I'm going to make a Frank contour and I'm going to try to get it where I can balance sort of not getting hot, but not too heavy, not an MTU M40 contour. I'm going to take it to a light Palma, but with a little bit uh, you know, longer before we taper. And, and so I, I'm, I'm going to do with Logan, man. I'm going to get with them at mile high there. I'm going to get a Bartlett off the shelf. Maybe I could find another left-hand gain twist. If not, I'll do something else. I don't care. I'll do an AI. You know what I mean? It don't matter. But I'm going to do my own contour and see if I can notice any difference. Maybe I'll use the heat gun because, like I said, I, or I got the... um. I'll get those heat tabs, the sensors where, you know, the stickers and I could put them down the barrel so we could visualize it. And maybe we can see a time lapse or something and do a regular barrel and then do a time lapse barrel and do something like that and see if there's a difference. It may not be a difference. And the worst it is, is I bought a barrel, you know, I'm, I'm going through this stuff. So my, my two sixties are getting a little long and okay. I bought a barrel, barrels of tires, barrels of tires, Mike barrels of tires. Uh, so anyway, uh, but no, it's been good, man. We're, we're, we're getting ready for this. I'm looking forward to it. I hope some guys are coming out to the Gunworks match and I get to run into some of you guys. I don't shoot the PRS stuff anymore. And this is a PRS event. You know, I shoot the local and, and I didn't make it to the NRL, the mile high shootout. Um, they had a hundred degree weather there. They could tell you the, uh, I didn't see much socially on it. So I don't know if anybody said anything. You guys probably see more than me that way. I don't follow it too tight with the match stuff. Um, I, although I did heard, I did heard there was a little bit of, um, little adjustment on the prizes that didn't go over well, a, a, a little, a little sour looks. So I thought that was funny, but uh, anyway, you know, Hey man, the, the, the top 10 can't win everything. What can I say? You know, we got to spread the wealth that, that some two high end products went to shooter 59 and 72. Good on you guys, man. 
spread the wealth, give it to people who appreciate it. It's your product. You decide where it goes. I, I think that's cool. So shout out to the shout out to those guys for 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 doing that. And I'm gonna just say, I applaud it. I had nothing to do with it. Wasn't there. Didn't know about it. Didn't know what the deal was. Didn't even know what they had in their hand. So just heard about it after the fact. But um, yeah. So I don't follow the matches too much. But uh, I'm like I said, big supporter of the Gunworks guys. Love that they got um, you know, all the people that they have working there now. Phil, Kalen, and the and the crew, James everybody so um I, I i like what they're doing i like this the the revic scope i think that works i was almost gonna do that but i put the revic on um my spartan sniper's hide rifle and there's no attachment points and i didn't want to go and do it without because it's a prs event i didn't want a rifle that didn't have the really right stuff attachment points and i just don't have the time to go and put all this stuff together like i said i'm just out of time and, and, and it sucks, you know, you get home on Saturday, you know, Saturday night, I get home, uh, what time is it, Nine, 9.30, we land, 9 o'clock, we landed, by the time I got back, it's 11 o'clock at night, Sunday, I had to decompress, Monday, jump right into the computer, yesterday was my window, it's actually raining right now, which we need, thank you, we need it, um, so yesterday was my only day, then I bust that, uh, that extractor, or, or ejector, rather, I broke that ejector, Cut, cut my day in half, ran back, didn't have that. And so now I'm kind of swagging my dope and, and, and I, I didn't complete the process. But I think I'm in a good spot, especially like I said, I know I'm in a good spot with Prime. I just wanted to use that 136 because I was guessing and it shows the wind in the afternoon is going to go up. So maybe I'll play both. Maybe I'll run the 130s for the short stuff and the 136, they're zeroed in the same spot. And, um, you know, go from there. And I got two tracks in the Kestrel, so I think I'm going to be all right. And uh, I'll run two bullets at once and report back. I mean, what's the worst that happens? I tank the match and I come in, you know, 50th. Who cares? You know what I mean? It doesn't mean anything. I'm not a member of the series. I'm going up there to have fun and support people I like. And I'm not looking for anything else other than to take content back to you guys and say, this is what I did. This worked. This didn't. This is how they did this. This is a good way to attack that problem. I didn't or I did. And then from there, you know what I mean? It, it's it's not that big a deal. No one's going to remember, you know, a month from now who won the dang thing. So, you know, unless they go online and look it up. So does it really matter? Nah, it's it's a learning experience for me. So, um, but I want to get this out because I'm going to be in the car driving. I got a, a seven hour drive tomorrow. And I got to uh, drop a few things off for a, a APO in the morning before I go uh, uh, in stuff. But we'll see. I mean, worst case is I got hard dope, man, and I'm just going to go with that. And if they have a really far shot, well, maybe, you know, as long as I could see my splash, I'll correct. I had definitely had a second round hit, um, you know, when I was doping the seven, the one and seven. Uh, it, it, was, it was over the top. Oh, okay, there it is. Boom. And the wind was a little off. Second round hit, made the adjustment, measured it in the reticle. Boom, 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 boom. Done. Um, You know? It's just when you overspin like that, you, you do end up visually seeing a bit more spin drift than when we do our standard spin rates. It, it gets lost in the noise better with the way I'm running things versus the way some other people run things. I, I'm not, I, like I said, I, yeah, there, there's a little bit of um, benefit elevation wise, but then you lose on the drift side. So you got a question. Here's the question is. 
Overspinning will help with transonic and give you a little bit better BC and a little bit on elevation, but you lose on drift. Where to me, drift is more important. I'm my left hand gain twist, edge of plate, man, on some of it. You know what I mean? If that, where where you know I'm half mil for for one thing, and I'm point two on my and the shorter range is for sure because I'm going the other way, and especially when the wind's coming from the left, you know. Because I'm canceling stuff out. I don't have as big an issue. And, and the, the the two inches longer balances the, the speed gain. Plus, I'm a 7.7. I'm not a 7.0, but I'm a 7.7. So I am overspinning it a little bit. So I am getting, I mean, 5 for 5 at 1,400 with a 1 and a uh, 3 quarter to 2 mil wind hold. 5 for 5 at 1,400 on an Ipsic plate with a 22-inch barrel, cre- uh, 260. Uh, what more do I need, right? Really, as a tactical guy, what more do I need? You know, I'm not doing what, I guess the guy just shot a one-inch bench rest record at 1,000 yards. All in the X ring, a 50 times five, one-inch group bench rest. Our shit's getting better. There's no reason that we have to play, like, you know, it, it, it works, man. I just think that, for, for what I'm doing and what's going on, left-hand gain twist gives me more variety. It cancels out some of the extended distance stuff. It, 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 it likes all the different bullets better, and there's no negatives that I've seen yet. I have not seen a downside to it, and I'm not getting, you know, it's not throwing my drift so far off to the left now because it, it's coming back because everything else goes right, and most right-hand shooters, mistakes are to the right. So that little bitty extra to the left works, you know, and I'm seeing it. I'm a believer. I had guys at the Sniper's Hide Team Challenge, uh, like the kid with the green AX. Uh, sorry, I don't remember your name, man. I apologize for that, but I'm terrible with him. And left-hand gain twist in his um AX. Raved about it. So, you know, it's 50 bucks more or so, something like that. 100 bucks, 50 bucks more when you spec it out. It, it's not that big a deal. So anyway, I'm going to cruise. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to go. Uh, what did I say I had to do? I don't remember. I got to do something. Oh, I got the video. I got a couple things to do. But um, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for coming on Sniper's Hide and posting about what you're hearing and what we're talking about and continuing the conversation. If you want to continue this conversation with me, if you want to get deeper into the weeds, Sniper's Hide. That's where we have an everyday podcast section in the forum. You can ask me about a specific episode, or you can just go into the main areas that the ballistic computer area, the range report for uh, external ballistics, in the marksmanship training sections, you know, the stupid marksmanship questions, all those different areas. You can continue the conversation. You can dig down. You know, it's it's cruising along. I, I was kind of like looking. I made a post and I flipped over to make a second post. As soon as I hit send on the second one, it was short. It was like 10 posts down, man. It's it's cruising. Conversations flown in many directions. You know, appreciate you guys calling Mike and talking to Mike. I spoke to him. He was like, hey, dude, we doing a cast? I'm like, I'm gone, man. Leaving for Gunworks when I get back. So we'll try to put something together. He says he's got a lot of things to talk about. He wants to talk about the match. He wants to talk about uh, a few other things. I think he wants to talk about wind and practical experience of what he's seeing with other people. 
But um, I'll get with them next week right after I get back. I get back on Monday, and I'll get with them. I'll definitely try to do a podcast while I'm there, uh, Friday night probably. So I'll, I'll knock one out for you guys, um, you know, r- n- no problem. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. But go on the Podbean app. Ask me questions on the Podbean app that I can talk about. In the Podbean app, I'm, I'm not going to have a conversation with you. But what I can do is take your requests and take your suggestions. So use the Podbean app to say, hey, what about this question? Sure. You know what I mean? This way it's quick. It's, it's like Twitter. You're giving me like a Twitter question. 140. I think Twitter increased, but whatever. You, know, you get the point. And um, ask me this quick down and dirty really. Hey, Frank, talk about this. Hey, expand on that. Then if you want more detail or you want a book written, sniper side. Cool. All right, guys, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being a follower of the Everyday Sniper. I ordered patches, PVC patches today. So I'm going to try to get some of them so we can get those for sale. I do have the stickers, and I'll toss because stickers I give out. But the patches, you know, they're, they're a little bit more expensive. So as soon as I get a reply, if they got all that, see the proofs and the whole thing. I, I did make um, the logo patch. I, I, I subdued it out green and gray, green, black, and gray, I believe is what I did. And so it won't be the white and black, but it's identical. So we'll have everyday sniper patches. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and I'll see you out there shooting.